Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. The Lord has impressed it on my heart to preach a sermon today entitled The Light of His Glory. And I want to walk a very simple yet very profound journey of understanding a few things that in Retrospect, I'm coming to the realization that many of us claim to know or understand some aspects in what I'm going to share, but not to the degree of the conviction of the very words that God has spoken in Scripture. The life of Christianity is a journey of learning and unlearning. And sometimes when learned, it's a journey of exercising ourselves, all right? And the exercising of ourselves sometimes comes through the place of application where we, you know, give ourselves to work out the things that we have studied. But also the place of exercising ourselves comes through hearing and bringing to remembrance certain things. So in scripture, there are things that you see the men of God repeat. And of course, many of these things are repeated because of the essence of their implication. You read and a man says that um, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance even though you know these things and you establish in the present truth. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. It's a negligence from the side of a minister if certain things are not brought into remembrance in as much as some of these things you have known and know them it's important that we continue. Otherwise, to God, it would be responsible of me and negligent of me to go ahead and speak certain things when certain things have not been deeply established or rooted in your heart. So my responsibility as a man of God, even when you assume that because your mind assents to it, it agrees and understands the concept, when you are not full to the experience, I have to put you to remembrance of some of these things because it's my core responsibility. I'll give you a typical example. In Isaiah, when God appears to Isaiah, that particular portion of scripture, whom shall we send? He says, send me, Lord. And the voice says, here I am, send me. And uh, the next verse, as he tells him, go to the people and say, hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. For make the hearts of these people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, let they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and convert and should be healed. That portion of scripture in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, has been repeated six times. In Mark, in Matthew, in John, it has been repeated six times. So that portion of scripture cannot be repeated six times when God is not speaking something so profound or Is there the assumption that we have not understood it or when we read in Isaiah, it did not enter our head? Yes, it did enter our head. But the gravity of the revelation of that portion of scripture, I cannot emphasize enough. So some things are important. You have read about who we are and the glory that God has given us. And oh, we live in the glory of God or the glory of God is upon us. We mentioned that. But the Lord impressed it today to bring either to remembrance for those of you who have made such statements or to the knowledge for those of us who have not yet come to the knowledge of it. Because there are people watching me perhaps who maybe some of the things they're going to hear, they're hearing for the first time. And that's okay. You see? And recently the Lord was speaking to me about the light of his glory. And he said, my children do not fully understand what the glory that I have bestowed on them means and the consequence 
that garment, the consequence of that place, that realm, the consequence of that life. Many of us say glory, glory, but we really don't understand what it means. And today I want to go a bit deep and to give light on it. And I believe that something will be stirred in your spirits tonight. Somebody shout hallelujah. In the book of Psalms, the eighth chapter, the fourth verse, common scripture, he says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. And you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Very powerful. We read it every day. So the psalmist looks at man and he said, what is man that you are mindful of? In other words, there's something in his heart that has come to the revelation of what it means for God to put a mind on a man to care for the son of man and visit him and put a glory on that man. He sees something. And he says, because of that glory, you've made him a little lower than the angels. And because of that glory, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands and you've put all things under his feet because of that glory because of the glory you've put on man you've put all things under his feet what all things under his feet you've given him dominion over your works now look at the earth look at everything in the world and god says because of the glory that i have put on you i have put all of these things under your feet because of the glory that I have put on your life, I have put dominion on you over everything that I've created. I've put dominion on you over the gold and silver. I've given you dominion over the creatures of the earth, the flying, the creeping, those in the water. I've given you. I've given you dominion over all the plants. I've given you dominion over the seas and the oceans. I've given you dominion over the atmosphere, over the air that you breathe. I've given you dominion over everything that I have made with his hands because of the glory that is upon you. So when we speak about glory, we're talking about the responsibility, one of dominion over all the works of God and the power to subdue everything under our feet. Wow. No, 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 no. Let it not bypass you because you assume you know the scripture. Contemplate. Go through and think what a man who has understood this would look like. Because we're still in a time where believers are struggling with things that were committed under their feet. We're still living in a time where believers are tormented by devils, possessed by spirits, limited by the occult, sorceries, the talismans of men, they're limited by the dark world, their life of prayer. You hear them pray and you can see that they are bound. Or if not, they have not been delivered and translated as they should. You're living in a time where people sometimes even question Christianity because of how we live our lives morally, spiritually, intellectually, socially. He said that we are the heads and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We can only go upward, above only. So the Bible has said, and you know, people scream, yay, hallelujah. And you know, we throw chairs in the air and assume that we have understood this. But when you get in our personal lives, many things are either dominating over us or we are under the feet of the things which are supposed to be under 
our feet. And as much as we can claim these portions of scriptures and say that we have read them or studied them, many of us bear not the experiences of these realities. And so in a few minutes, I want to help us understand some of these things and stir your spirit to the glory that has to come and work and function in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. As we have heard from God from the beginning of the earth that this is the hour of the manifestation of the light of sonship, the light of sonship, what it means to be sons of God and that light that is supposed to shine on us as sons, it's imperative on my side to make sure that the certain things deliberately I will speak and I'm going to teach about this year because I'm preparing you many for things that are beyond even what language can give us today, but you will see in the years to come. I was telling somebody that uh, many years we sat under certain teachings and exercised ourselves over some words and realities, and we did not know what these things were going to do in our lives, or perhaps we trusted the light that guides us, but we never knew the end of these things. But over the years, you start to see the results, and you can truly tell somebody that actually the word works. The word works. If you've lived with me for a long time now, you'd know that the authenticity of my ministry is that I leave everything I teach. If I say I believe, I actually do believe. I do believe. You understand what I'm saying? It's a place that I have learned to exercise myself and do exercise gladly every day. So what I'm trying to tell us here is, I'll give you a typical example. One time, <laughs> in my moments of prayer and fellowship, the Lord said something to me. And it was then that I get to the realization that every step of your way in this journey of salvation, every step of your way in this journey of salvation comes with certain additions, certain awakenings to certain consciousnesses, spiritual, to certain realities, spiritual, to the provisions that are already available in us but are not stirred or awakened. The Bible speaks of how a man's mouth can be filled with a depth God's word but he says it's another place for the wisdom in the man to flow as the river see you can have a depth within you, you've been given I say everything that pertains to life and godliness blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus yes cancer in the heart of a man is as deep waters but only the man with understanding can draw it out you see so there's a portion of scripture that speaks of the wisdom that makes the river flow. The wisdom that makes the waters flow. You see? The grace that makes this thing to work. Because yeah, you have the counsel. The understanding is there. Jesus is inside you. He abides in you through faith. Yes. But to let that flow. He says the words of a man's mouth, Proverbs 18.4, are as deep waters. And the wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. You see, the wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. These are flowing rivers to make it flow. So he called it a wellspring of wisdom. Wisdom makes things flow. Wisdom brings the manifestation of the things that are deep in you for understanding, experience, and nature as given to you by Christ. So it's one thing to know, oh, Jesus was made poor that I'll be rich. That is settling in your spirit because it's the reality of the new birth. There's another thing to translate that into wealth. as a wellspring of wisdom. You see, so in teaching you some of these things, we give you wisdom. You apply some of these things in your life and then you see the reality, the manifestation of these things. Because it's one thing to carry a car, it's another to know how to drive it. You see? It's another to know how to drive it. You could have a car. It's one thing to have a mobile phone. It's another to know how to operate it. And many believers are there. They have 
what they do not know how to operate they have, what they do not know how to control and maintain they have, what they cannot switch on. It's just in there. And it comes with a frustration because you feel it's in there, but it's not working. And if you're immature, you can blame everything. The weather, the pastor, the preacher, the friends, the boyfriend, the girlfriend. You understand? The lights, the camera. You can blame everything. Until you're out of what? Excuses. And when you're out of excuses, you face this God who still tells you, this is how I work, this is how I operate, and you either align yourself to that reality or you don't. It takes a certain discipline to sit under a teacher one year, two years, 10 years, 15 years, and you're learning. But thank God I have seen the results of your lives, and I can testify that God is at work. Anyway, I was telling you about this experience that I had with God. You see, I've already said this, prayer has degrees. There is a place in prayer where the spirit of man is prepared or preparing for a work. Okay? And when that spirit is prepared for a work in God, when that man goes out for that work, there's a way he is expected to apply that place of prayer in the reality of life. When the Bible says that when you go to pray, to talk to the Father, shut your door. Shut your door. Close your door. And then submit yourself to the Father which is in the secret and the Father which seeth in secret. The Bible says he shall reward thee openly. The place of our ministry openly is a work rewarded. It's a work rewarded. What I mean by that, when we go out to minister, I'm not supposed to minister as a man performing the duties of the secret place. You get the difference? Because when I get to the place of a secret, I am with a father. Let me give a typical example of a worshiper. If you're a worshiper, like you guys come here on the stage to worship God, I expect that every worshiper must have a secret place with God first before you come openly to minister to God's people. Because we are not interested in your voices. We are not. The least we care. Because worship is not a voice. Worship is a sound. There's a difference. They look like they're the same, but they're not. You see what I'm saying? Worship is a place. Worship is a revelation. It's a revelation. So when they come to you and they say, you are leading worship, what does that mean? To tell you, you are leading in worship. That means you are going to stir the hearts of your hearers to a certain place that only you could have tapped through grace. Are you hearing me? To worship without a leading means that you are just singing. And in this ministry, or generally, for the ministry of Christ, is beyond singing. Because you are standing on shoulders of people who worshipped and destinies were changed. Who worshipped and kingdoms were conquered. Who worshipped and empires fell. Who worshipped and walls crumbled. Who worshipped and the lamb walked. Who worshipped and the blind saw. You are standing on such shoulders. To represent them well is more than just a good voice because we are not looking only for the ministration of our soul to feed we're looking for the elevation of our spirits to the place where we must be with God and hear him as we have. That is great responsibility. If a man has not grown to that responsibility, he is not fit to lead worship. Or a woman, she is not fit to lead worship. It does not matter how beautiful her voice is. Why? Because they've not respected the things that come first. There's an order in the spirit. You have to consecrate yourself. One time I went to a church... And I got a word of knowledge that there was somebody in the choir who was not supposed to be in the choir. And I said, should I mention it? The Spirit of the Lord told me, no, don't mention it. I'm taking them off. 
So I start worshiping. And there was a girl who was just in the back here. The power of God hit her on the ground and rolled her off the altar. And when the ushers were running, I tell them, don't touch her. Don't touch her. It was in a certain church somewhere in Kawimbe. Don't touch her. And she rolled off and rolled off and rolled off and rolled off. It was a very okay place. The stage was well leveled. So there was no harm for her body. Rolled off, rolled off, rolled off. And when I told them, don't touch her, people started removing their chairs as she was going. So the Spirit of God rolled her almost to the back. Why? She was not fit for service. You see what I'm saying? Our open ministry to you is an open reward. It's not a place of fellowship with God or intimacy. That's a different place. You see what I'm saying? And as you grow in the secret place, your ministration will have more liberty. And it's within this liberty that occasion will serve you to function in fraudnesses. The wisdom that determines the mode of action. Jesus would lay hands on a blind man and that man would heal. Are you following? But then Phronesis in him would be stirred to spit on the ground and make something out of that and put it on the man's eye. And the man would still see. You see what I'm saying? Clay and spittle. He would put it on a man's eye. So you see a man telling a person, go in the Jordan and dip yourself seven times. No, he could have just said you're healed and you'll be healed. But that's Phronesis working. It's the wisdom that defines the mode of action, how you want to execute the miracle. Because in these liberties, these miracles or signs are instructing. They're instructing. They're not prestige. No, they're instructing, they're teaching. Jesus never did any miracle to show off. I've heard people say, I want to show off, or can I show you something? No, 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 no. Jesus never did miracles to show off. Jesus did miracles to educate our spirits, to instruct our souls. And if you're not a reader of the teaching or the doctrine of Jesus Christ, for you, every time you see a miracle, you'll just be in awe. You will wonder and celebrate the miracle, but you will never take the instruction that comes with that miracle. Jesus did not just do anything to the end only of the transformation of one man. He did everything in tandem with a will, a purpose that was bigger than just that specific healing. That is why when I teach sometimes in the miraculous scripture, you realize that many times there are lessons deeper. You see? There are lessons deeper. It's not just a miracle. No, there are deeper lessons to that miracle. You remember the lady who comes and she wants a miracle for her child. Then he tells her that I was sent to the what? The house of Israel. Huh? Healing is for the household of Israel. Then she said, but even dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And he said, of a truth, this woman has great faith. Be done unto thee. And that very hour, the Bible says her daughter was made whole. But you see, the woman that made that prayer was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. And we see that the greatest faith in Scripture, spoken of any woman in Scripture, was under a Gentile woman, not a Jew. The Roman centurion who comes to Jesus. It's a miracle. His servant is sick. Then he says, I'm not worthy that you should step in my house, but you just send your word, and at the sound of your word, my servant shall be made whole. And Jesus said, oh, I have never seen such great faith. He marveled. The Bible says Jesus marveled. Now, to marvel Christ, he marveled. And he says, I've not found so great faith. And he says, not in Israel. And that very moment, that very hour, he tells him, go, your servant is healed. And the servant was healed. And then we see that in the two miracles, God has spoken the word great faith, not of a Jew, 
but of a Gentile. He's teaching us that the mystery of faith is not subject to blood lineage or people. There is a deception in the church I've heard that the Jew will do a better miracle because they're a Jew. Read your Bible again. Faith is not subject to whether you're Jew or Gentile. In fact, the Bible says that he will stir the Gentiles to more power and glory that he might provoke the Jew to be jealous and seek after the very God they have abandoned. So, they seemed like basic miracles, but that great faith was found in the Gentile, there was a deeper teaching there. There was a deeper teaching there. Deeper teaching. There's a deeper instruction to the Gentile in how they should relate with God. You see what I'm saying? So, there is no miracle in scripture, and I can go scripture upon scripture, miracle upon miracle. If I can go deeply, even in those very miracles, I could explain more instruction. Why? Because God just did not heal. He was instructing in the healing. Every miracle he did was instructional. So when you study Christ, do not just study the work and wonder. Keep these things to your heart for the doctrine that should come to you. Because the oracles are speaking more than the spectacular work of God. Are you following? Now, I was still giving foundation to what I was explaining to my experience. And then, one day, I mean, those places with God, that secret place I was explaining to you. And the Lord said to me that I have qualified you to the next level of ministration. And then he started to define that level. And one of the notable things of that level, he taught me how to commend my conscience to men. I have taught someone there. He taught me how to commend myself to a man's conscience. He says, we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. You see, there are things that come first. Huh? Renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty, walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Very important pillars. That a man would manifest the truth as he commends himself to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I learned to minister to the consciences of men and apply the glory of God on their lives quite differently from how many people expect God to work on certain ministers. Now that's deep again. But let me give you a typical example. This very week, I was with the boys who were playing basketball, playing and playing and playing. Somebody walks to me and points of a young lady in a corner and says, that woman has a huge problem and she has come for help. Please help her. And I said, but she has not booked an appointment. I'm playing basketball. But she has come. And I said to the guy, just let her be. The moment I said, let her be, the spirit in me was stirred to answer her. And I answered her. I gave her an answer immediately. And it's not the first time this is happening. I've seen it many times. But this is recent. I answered her immediately. And then I continued to what? To play basketball. And then she sat there. And I played for an hour and a half or so. And then in the evening, as I was finishing, I told them, call that lady for me. And I said, what now do you want? She knelt down said, I cannot sit. And said, I've come to give thanks. And I said, what do you mean you've come to give thanks? And she said, my business had been stuck for so long. And everything was stalled. And I got so depressed and I came to you to speak into my business. But the moment I sat on those chairs and watched you play, immediately phone calls started coming in. And the reason why you saw me moving in and out, people were calling me at a speed I cannot count. I am sorted. Now I've come to give thanks. You see, I want you to understand this. She sat down and deals started coming in and when the deal started coming in phone calls started coming through and as they started coming through constantly she realized it has been fixed 
So she walks to me to say, thank you. Was there an open prayer of folding my face and melting affections? No, but it was done. I'm in a place by the grace of God where sometimes people just come in my presence and they get an answer and walk away and God has healed them. You had a story of a guy in Kenya who was addicted to every drug. They took him to every rehab and they did everything they could until they could not heal him. And then the sister puts him on a bus and tells him there's an overnight prayer. Let's go to Uganda. And they pressed through like a woman with a bleeding issue. They pressed through and I saw people pressing through as we had finished service. And this woman brought her brother, guys, you know, and she said, this man I've brought from Kenya, we've done everything there is to get him off drugs. Anything scientific, it has failed. And I shook his hand like that and I said, good to see you. And then I didn't feel the impression to pray. <laughs> and this man comes back after one year and said, from the day you shook my hand, that was the last time I ever had any crave of any drug. He said, I have not craved a drug since. Oh, so they expected father, fire, glory, power, angels, come, devil, die. No. But you see, it was a little what? Handshake. And it was enough to commend to this man's conscience that you have come in presence of glory and you're free. You understand? So I remember in that instruction, a few things God spoke that I'm not at liberty to speak. But one of the things I remember, the Lord told me, now more than ever, I'm going to exercise you to simply declare things and they will be so. Some of you sometimes would come with very many problems and I tell you, it is finished. See, but why hasn't he prayed? He's done. Why hasn't he prayed? And a man probably who would get your hands and pray with you for 30 minutes, they would look more righteous and full of faith. But he would only look like that because there are things he has not fixed. He would only waste 30 minutes on you because there are things he has not fixed. I was there. Who has understood what I just said? I was there. That is why if you've been with me at the crusades, the moment I start to say, there's somebody, you're crippled, throw away your cane and walk, they just start walking because that's a place of open reward. It's not a place of prayer. No, 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 I fixed it. I'm just coming to demonstrate what I already fixed. And some people think we don't pray. No, we, we just understood the order. The order is when you know how to fix your secret place, when you get in the open, it will be a place of reward, harvest, not sowing. You see what I'm saying? That's why when you understand that, the world becomes a ministry, not the pulpit. Hey, the world becomes a what? A ministry. One time we were banking, and I was upstairs, busy. And then there's a Sudanese customer who are banking then in certain bank. The lady walks in, Sudanese, and then she passes out. And then the body becomes stiff. And then the girl becomes cold. Cold. And she called me upstairs and said, she knew as a man of God, said, there's a woman here. She has just grown cold in the banking hall. And I slopped down. Poo, 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 poo. And I reached this place. And I slapped up. Wake up. She woke up. And stood up and walked. So he asked her, are you okay? I am very fine. Just look, wake up. You understand? It wasn't, father. Angels surround me. Rings of fire. Clouds of thunder. <laughs> Those are just semantics. They don't represent the authority of the spirit. Look at how Jesus did the miracles. Little girl. Rise up. Simple sentence. And it worked. <laughs> Lazarus. Come forth. You see that liberty? But how many people would put thunder and rings on this and, and then you cosmetize it to make it appear like because you have the language, therefore you have the authority. No. Those are two different things. Somebody shout glory. glory. Shout glory. glory. Another person one time was diabetic. 
very diabetic. And then we went somewhere for ministry. They told me I forgot my drugs. And I told him, for as long as you are with me, you will not have any attack. And they were fine. I think we were with them for about two weeks or so. They were fine. And then they were checking and everything was fine. And they were like, oh my God, they were around me. And then after the ministry, we parted ways. And one week, I think, after that separation, they were down. She said, why is it that I cannot keep my healing? You understand? Because you depend on a man's anointing. Build your place. Somebody shout hallelujah. Build your word. Are you learning something? Build your word. Build your place. It's okay for Apostle Grace or any other man of God to add on you, but let them add on what's already flaming. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So, we must understand what sin did to mankind. Romans has said, for all have sinned, comma, and fall short of the glory of God. They come short. That's what happens to Adam and Eve in the garden. They came short of the glory of God. And then they were subject to every element of the earth. Before, they were not subject to the elements of the earth. But because of the fall, they were subject to the elements of the earth. You see, you breathe in and then get a problem in your lungs because it is so cold. That's subject to the elements of the earth. That's a fallen man. You see what I'm saying? A mosquito bites you and then you get malaria. And I know there are people right now getting offended. They're like, hey, you mean it's not normal to get malaria? Give me a second. Watch up to the end of service. Then I'll ask the same question. Because there was a time I had a chronic malaria of some sort. Every three weeks, I was in hospital. Every three weeks. It just never left my body. Every three weeks. As in hospital, malaria, 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 malaria. And then one day I was reading the Bible and I said, wait a minute, something leaked. And I remember the day I said, from today, I have allowed every mosquito in the world to drink of my blood because they are thirsty but they will never leave disease in my body. I went to my bed and I removed my net, which brought me a problem. <laughs> During that time, I was living with my father. You're the one who is sick. I'm spending millions of shillings and you're removing the net. Why? I told daddy, if you ever see me again sick, put two nets, don't put one. Now listen to this madness. The Roman Catholic then spoke. Now he's born again. And let me tell you, <laughs> that was the last time I ever suffered from malaria. The last time I ever felt malaria in my body. And to show how crazy I am, sometimes they bite. If you've been around me, some of you, it can bite. And I say, ah, eat, take more, drink. Are you full? Because I feel like I'm generous to them. I mean, what would the drop of Blood take from me. But it can help it live for a day. Oh yes, I'm that crazy. And you know, I used to fear and think, but people will think I'm crazy until I discovered that there are many people like that. <laughs> Look at what Fanero looks like. That's just how much some people have come to the understanding. They know what it means. Right now, I'm speaking foolishness to a certain religious man. Right now, there's a certain religious man would hear me right now and dissect everything into foolishness. But I cannot blame him. It's where he is. And such men get malaria. Yes, they are always with malaria. Are you hearing me? And it's okay. Let them continue having malaria. Somebody shout hallelujah. But I refuse malaria. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, what would such a man say to a scripture like nothing from without entering a man defines him? Doesn't the plasmodia of that mosquito come from without? He says nothing from without a man entering him can defile him or translated can make him sick. 
but the things which come out of him, it's a place of the man's heart. It's what defiles you. It's not the virus. It's your heart. It's your heart. I've been around people. Some say, Achoo! oh my God, you understand? Everyone starts. And it's okay for non-believers to do that. But if a Christian does that, so you mean that this thing flowing in the air from without entering you can defile you. The problem is not it. The problem is your heart. The problem is your heart. And this might not be the most popular sermon to preach. But let God be true and every man a liar. Some of us got tired of being politically right. Yet people are dying. People are dying for a lack of knowledge. Somebody shout hallelujah. So yes, there was a fall. But when Jesus comes, and I thank God for John. Because when John is writing, there are portions of scriptures John is speaking. And many people don't understand because you read them and you've crammed them since nursery school or baby class in your schools or Sunday school, you assume that because your mind knows them, you understand the power that these words come with. He says, in him was life. Who? Jesus Christ. And the life was the light of men. That life in Jesus is the very light. It's the thing that lightens you up. It's the thing that brings light in every dark area of your life. In him was life. When Jesus came, he came with a life. And that life makes us shine. That is the light of his glory. Jesus' death and resurrection was, and I caught this very deliberately because many Christians, ministers preach it wrong. They say, Jesus came to restore the glory Adam lost. No. Jesus came to give us of his own glory, the very glory of God, because that which was put on man would be lost. Who has understood the difference? Adam and Eve were not a new creation. They were the first version. The Bible calls him the first man. 1 Corinthians 15.45, he says, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And the last man was made a quickening spirit. There's a difference. Adam, that first dynamic nature, was a living soul. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the second Adam, the Jesus you have received, is a quickening spirit or a life-giving spirit. Read the Amplified Version. It is written that the first man, Adam, became a living being, individual personality. And the last Adam, Christ, listen, became a life-giving spirit. In brackets, restoring the dead to life. Oh, oh, oh. The second Adam is a life-giving spirit which restores the dead to life. So that means that light gives life. You following? So when you say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and then he is in you, that means you are one with him and you are a life-giving spirit. Somebody shout. Listen, you are a life-giving spirit. So how can cancer dwell in your body? You are a life-giving spirit. How can COVID kill you? You are a life-giving spirit. You are a life-giving spirit. So if your body is out of order, you still have the spirit. Use your spirit and mortify the deeds of the body. Romans 8, and you shall live. Because if you live after the flesh, you shall truly die. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit do modify the deeds of the body, kill the transactions of the body, you will live. Don't just accept everything they tell you. I don't care what the doctors have said. Don't just take it. No. 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 Don't just take it. There was a lady a couple of months ago. She came with a bad cancer. The family went on Zoom with her. And I remember telling her, you now have the choice 
to either believe God and take this thing out of your body, regardless of what the doctors were telling us, was this, this was not reversible. We refused it. And I remember sharing for about 30 minutes, just giving her life. And the family sent me a message, I think two weeks ago, and they said, there's no cancer in her body. Not even a trace, you see? But what happens? It was 30 minutes of giving life. Hey! Somebody shout hallelujah. Your marriage will not fail. You're giving life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Your business will not fail. You are giving life. You will make it my child. You're giving life. You will excel in your exams. You're giving life. Somebody shout hallelujah. The ministry has to grow. You're giving life. I'm advancing. You're giving life. My account is filling. You're giving life. We don't care where the money is going to come from. But you must be a giver of life. You must be a giver of life. You walk into your farm and tell your animals you will leave. But then you find Christians with this confession. That is so opposite. Let's invest in this. Ah, they told me chickens die. What? And it's coming from the mouth of a Christian. Ah, no, no, I can't invest in chickens. They can get sick and all of them die. So, how are the Chinese rearing chicken? Who don't have a covenant with you? If chicken die, why do we still eat chicken every day? Why do we still eat chicken every day? If they die. Oh, the pigs will get swine flu. Why is there enough pork in the world? In spite of the pigs that have died. Rete badigo. Jirarikate. Releko dagoborodega. Because the law of increase has subjected itself under the dominion of man. If their ministries are dying, let them die, not mine. If their marriages are failing, let them fail, not mine. If their children are failing, let them fail, not what? Not mine. If you're speaking about failure, put it in your house, in your context and language. Keep your narrative. Don't bring it near me. Are you hearing me? It's not pride. No. I know what I am. I'm a life-giving spirit. Somebody shout glory. If you're new to type glory. Hey, Sadi Baga. So, you learn to accept it. Learn to believe your words. Learn to believe your words. Already the negative comes believed. The chickens will die. You come believing it. Turn it. Turn it. Are you hearing me? Turn it. Turn it. Just turn it. And this time, believe your words. Just believe your words. Just believe your words. And say that I have made it. I will not fail. Greater days are ahead of me. You're a life-giving spirit. You're giving life to your days. And then they ask themselves, why is this man successful? I have created that world. That's what I give life to every morning of my life. Every evening, that's what I give life. When I'm praying for you guys at night, you should hear me. You should hear me. You should hear me. That is how I know that you can't fail. Somebody shout hallelujah. I say they are the heads and not the tail. They are going upward and advancing. I speak into your marital destinies. And I start booking your husbands and wives. And the children you should have. And declaring that you can't be barren. I speak those things over you every day. I speak to your hair. I speak to your shoe in my spirit. I speak to your bags. Why? Because I'm a life-giving spirit. That's called being a pastor. That's called fathering. Kera go. You will not fail. Witchcraft or no witchcraft, you will not fail. That's the glory. That's the glory. Jesus came to restore that relationship. And he came with a life. And that life, he said, if it goes into you, you are going to shine. It will be your light. Are you hearing me? And he said, and that is the light that will shine in darkness. And darkness could not comprehend it. That means everywhere that light goes, it deals with the darkness. That is why. Even if you told me right now, close this ministry here and go to the deepest parts of the earth where there is no internet, no phone, no mobile, no nothing, and start a ministry there. The nation will literally tilt to that direction. Somebody shout hallelujah. I tell you, people didn't believe that even the Faneros we have in Uganda, people didn't believe that people can gather and come and sit in a weekly service like that. There was a time they didn't believe. But God literally started folding spaces and making them 
bend and some people slid in too narrow. they don't know they just think they came but their souls were sliding literally somebody shout hallelujah shout glory to God he was the light of men that's the light of his glory you see just that chapter 1 in the 14th verse and the word was made flesh he gives us the sample and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So Jesus comes as the sample. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, I thank God that John emphasized, we beheld the glory. That means Jesus was sent for us to see what glory looks like. Did you understand that? Jesus was sent for us to see what glory looks like. We needed to see a glory in a body. And there was none. At that point, and then God said no. So you see why he came in the flesh? Do you understand why Jesus had to come through the flesh? Because God needed to show us that a man with skin, bones, and blood can actually walk on water by a certain glory. That a man with flesh and blood with a certain glory can raise a dead body. That a man with flesh and blood with the glory of God can move mountains and level valleys. That a man with flesh and blood with the very emotions of a human being who ate like us and bathed like us and slept and could get tired too and sleep like us he would wake up and walk in a situation and change it and make a crippled bone to walk and a blind eye to see and a deaf ear to hear and cancer's healing that a man who was born by a woman can be touched at the hem and the bleeding issue would heal that was a sample we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father the sample of what it means to be born of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And to them that believed, the Bible says he gave them the right to become sons and daughters of God. And as though John had had me, in the 16th verse he says, and of his fullness, <laughs> of his fullness, he says, have we all received and all had a share and we are all supplied with one grace, listen, after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon so you are living in a time where you're getting more and more gift on you, more and more favor on you, more and more spiritual blessing on you, more and more grace on you, more and more wisdom on you. So when I tell you that one time God told me that now I'm taking you to the next level, do you understand it? Yet he's not done. A man will think about you heal of a headache why because you crossed his head slap somebody and tell them that's me they're talking about yes somebody shout hallelujah those are the days where you'll enter flights and somebody's supposed to die you sit here and a tumor disappears four aisles behind because you took a flight somebody shout hallelujah not because you prayed not because you fasted i've told you the story of grandison finney he sat in a train and that train was going through New York and everybody got slain under the power of God because Grandison Finney was just going through New York. You've read of the story of Catherine Kuhlman. The press, the people were thronging at her at a hotel and then outside there were people, many people, and then the guys who were with her said, you know, let's lead you in the back door, but to use the back door, we're going to have to use the kitchen. Is that okay? Yes. So they walk with her and as they enter the kitchen, one of the guys who was guarding, he says, the moment Catherine entered the kitchen, the whole stuff of the kitchen fell under the power of God. Like dead men. She was just running away from people. Are you hearing me? But there was a glory that was pursuing her. That even when she entered a room. I read a story of a man. Who waited on uh, Maurice Cerullo. And he says one day he came. And Maurice was praying. And so he opens the door to check on the man of God. The moment he opens. He says the power of God threw him out. Don't interrupt the man of God. I'm talking about What do you think that does when you enter the parliament? What do you think that does when you enter a business? What do you think that does when you meet somebody that you must finish a business with? What do you think that does? Somebody shout glory. 
The Bible says of his fullness we have received. Man was charged and then they come to him. Are you Jesus? Yes. And the Bible says, and they all fell. He didn't pray. He just said yes. And the Bible says, and all the soldiers fell. They were slain by the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. So how can disease come? How can disease come? Can you imagine that? Where an army comes and says, are you Jesus? And he says, I am he. And the Bible says, and they all fell backward and fell to the ground. Read the message version of that. He said, that's me. The Bible says, the soldiers recoiled totally taken aback. They recoiled like something hit them. And they went back like this. Why? He says, I'm he. He just made a statement, I'm he. And the power of God was present. So imagine you enter a business and tell people, hello, and they're out. <laughs> glory, glory. Somebody shout glory. You see, every time we're talking about the end times, many people usually, the signs they give, you understand? Earthquakes, what? Floods, all seen in the world. Oh, Jesus is coming back. You see, people give only the adverse signs and which are true, but they don't see the work of God before the return. Look at the fivefold ministry he gives the apostles, the pastors, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists. All of these are for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, to the edification of the body of Christ. Until we all come, listen, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son. He says, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Don't forget that too. That everything being taught. Eh? That's why I have problems. People who are always teaching deliverance, fire, God die. Why? Because you see, the church is supposed to perfect you of the measure of the state of the fullness of Christ. Now, if that's what our work is, why after 20 years in church, are you still being attacked by devils? The pastor is still rebuking things out of you and you're undressing yourself. One time I went to a church and I started to worship. And a demon came on the pastor's wife. It awakened on a pastor's wife. And before I had actually started preaching, she was laying hands on people. Receive, receive the anointing. And yeah, so I come on and we start worshiping. And I remember the pastor's wife, when the anointing increases as we're worshiping, the demon is awakened in her. And do you know what she starts to do? Immediately she started undressing herself. Pastor's wife. They never called me again. So how could she be at the level of being qualified for ministry, but she holds a demon that could undress her? And why do you think they never called me back? She started top, bottom, and the ashes ran, woof, covered her. Ah, she starts rolling, and the demons in her start screaming. And I first gave it a little time. I said, let me first not rebuke it. Let me see how this is going to look like. Because it was interesting coming from pastor's wife. I didn't know how to address it. Was I to say fire? What was I to do? It scared me. So I said, let me first observe and see what it wants. Until I understood what she was dealing with and then I addressed it. You find believers, you're still dealing with the things that haunted you in they actually haunted three generations back and you're still with them. Up to today, you're still imported. Huh? Up to today, you've kept your tenants. They call them tenants. You've kept your tenants. Are you hearing me? Oh, your mother failed to marry. Your grandmother failed to marry. Your sisters have failed to marry. You're still praying and you're casting out. You've not yet understood who you are. Wake up and put your debts. Write them on a piece of pen and a paper. And say, come rain, come sunshine, come hailstone or brain, whatever it is. 23rd September. That's a crazy woman. Hear these things of, you know, pray, what? Compromising with the devil, trying to explain yourself. You don't yet know who you are. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't know who you are yet. You make a statement and even the devils that were supposed to work against you start working for you. No, the Bible says demons shall obey. Yes, isn't that what the Bible says? <laughs> that the demons shall obey. Instead of working against you, they start working for you. 
they start working for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because you have dominion. This is what I want to say because I want to finish. The church Jesus is coming back for. Our complacency is what is delaying Christ. There is something he's waiting for. Once it starts to happen, he'll say, uh-huh, now this is it. Let's go. God will say, let's go. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. I choose to walk in the light of his glory. I'm not settling for anything less. I know who I am in Christ. In him I live, move, and have my own being. The life of God is in me. The light of God is shining in my spirit. I cannot fail. I cannot be slowed. I cannot be frustrated. I refuse to die early. I'll live a full life in the mighty name of Jesus. My marriage works. My ministry works. My career works. My dreams work. My visions work. My aspirations work. My projects work. In the mighty name of Jesus, my children are wise. They are for signs. They are for wonders. They are great. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Now I want you to give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. And give him a thanksgiving. Just thank him. 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 Come on. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Come on, clap your hands as you are saying thank you. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for answers. Thank you for healing. Thank you for understanding. Come on. Keep thanking. Keep those hands clapping. Something is happening. Things are moving. Things are shifting. Come on. 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 Give him thanks. 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 You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. Sing it with me, choir. Thank God. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well. So I'm cause I'm wounded. Thank you, Jesus. If you're then, you've never given your life to Christ. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He has given you everything to live the life that you must live. 
He's given you everything. So all you need to do is to repeat these words after me and from today you're going to be a new creation. You see, I got tired of pleading with people if they have not yet understood what they're receiving. Because you see, firstly, the heart must believe. So if you're just convincing somebody, it means you're just making them say what they don't believe yet. So why should you strive? No. He that believeth, the Bible says, shall be baptized. They're saved. He that believes shall be saved. It has to get to a point where you have believed it. If you're not yet convinced, don't receive him. But if you are convinced, it makes sense to receive, not because you're being forced, because many times I've seen people confessing what their hearts have not believed. And that's wrong. That's not being saved. That's not being born again. And with a heart, a man believes first. And if you've not yet believed, it's all right. But if you are convinced, this is your day. So repeat this words after me. Say, Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus that he shed his blood for my sins and was raised for my glory and today I receive him as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.